Why is it important to slow down and note the lessons God is teaching us? You know, it's easy to just tolerate a difficult situation, then try to move on as rapidly as possible after it is over. I guess that's just human nature. But is that the best approach? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is the last of seven podcasts of my interview with Pastor Ted Veer. In this very important summary podcast, Ted relates several key lessons that the Lord taught him through caring for his wife who passed away from ALS. These lessons are important for all of us to learn. Pastor Ted Veer, um, we wanted to spend some more time uh, hearing kind of what the Lord has been teaching you over a lifetime of experiences, and um, I know you've been through good times, and you've been through difficult times, and the Holy Spirit wants to uh, teach each of us through these, so if you could just share with us some of the things that you think the Lord's been teaching you. Well, one of the things I, I find that often when I'm in a crisis, I just sort of tread water and get through it. But then later on, uh, after the crisis is over, I try to go back and look at that as to what the lessons the Lord has has been teaching me during that time. And then the Spirit comes along and fills, fulfills what He began to do in the crisis, which I didn't have time or the energy to think at that time. I was just keeping up with the, with the, with the things that were necessary. But as I look back at that, the Lord had a lot to teach me in this uh, three years and a month that I had with Val taking care of her as she went down into the valley of uh, somewhat depression, but into, into, into death, really. But the Lord taught me an awful lot through her, and I had to think back and think through the lessons that God has for me. One of the biggest lessons that I, I thought of later on was that how different it was in our relationship. We had a very good marriage relationship, and I'm very thankful to the Lord for that. But a good relationship is give and take, 50-50. You do your part, I do my part, and we were so much appreciative of what each, each other was doing for each other. But then as she went down into ALS, her first of all, her throat was gone. She couldn't speak, so we lost that part. But we could communicate with the computer, and then her arms failed. She said, you have to take things off the stove because I can't, I can't trust my arms. Then she couldn't, couldn't even use her hands and I have to feed her and do all kinds of things for her that were, I didn't think I could do, but God gave me the grace to do it and, and the willingness to do it. And I was very thankful for that. But as I look back at that, uh, now our relationship, I had to do 100% of it. She later on couldn't even walk. I had to do everything for her. And the relationship was completely different. But again, God had led us into the relationship. And there was, God was there. And, and there was no indication that he wanted me to duck out. And I know that that wasn't right. And so I had to see that God's extra grace for me to fulfill 100% of the relationship with her was the calling of God to the task was a heavy part of it, but it was a very real part of it. And it gave me a deep sense of fulfillment that his grace was there. When the burden gets lighter, the grace gets heavier and fuller. And I just praise the Lord for that. That was a big help to me. Uh, Another thing that I realized as I look back at that, how, how very, very selfish I really was. 
I don't think I'm a, basically a selfish person, but yet when it came that I had to put her first, and just because her physical limitations, I realized that how much I really wanted to do my thing first. And one, one day she indicated, she was able to indicate to me that she wanted something done, and I finally figured out what it was. And then I said to her, uh, hon, I'll, I'll do my thing first, then I'll get back to you, then I'll get back to this thing. And as I was going to do this, the Lord said to me, that's exactly what you do with me. <laughs> the Lord, I tell you something to do, and then you say, well, after I get done with my project, then I'll do yours, Lord. And the Lord convicted me very much of selfishness there, how I needed to be obedient to him when he talks to me because he wants that done now, and he needs it done for his glory. And that was a, a very humbling thing. I had to do a lot of confessing to the Lord on that one, and then he forgave me and cleansed me of that, and I was very thankful for that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, other things that we, that I learned uh, to to there are tasks that I didn't think that I couldn't do. I just knew I couldn't do it. But where else could I go? Uh, there was nowhere else to go. And when I tried it, it was amazing how God's grace uh, enabled me to. For instance, combing her hair. I have a hard time parting my own hair, less or less fixing hers. But it wasn't that bad at all. And the Lord, I think the Lord just undertook for me because He was able to do that. I was able to brush her teeth, and I was able to to even put her makeup on, which was amazing to me. But uh, sometimes I failed on that one. But then somebody along and fixed it up for me. But it was it was a neat time, neat learning experience in all kinds of areas that I never thought I would go through again. <laughs> Speak to the person who um, is facing uh, a challenge that they don't think they can really get through on their own. What what would you say to that person? <clears throat> I think the Lord. The Lord equips us for certain things that we like to do and that he wants to refine us in doing it. But I think he always adds a little bit in there that is beyond us, that I didn't think I could do. I just, I just didn't think I could do it. And I really didn't want to, but there was no help. My family couldn't come in and do that every day. And, and there was no help that I could hire. I tried to hire help from Wichita, and that didn't, that didn't pan out. And the Lord just said, I give you this task, I'll let you do it. I want you to do that. And that was very, very, very important. One of the things that the Lord taught me, this was after she was gone, about three months or so, uh, I was sitting just re re rehearsing some of our lives and stuff, and the Lord really spoke to my heart in my mind and said, you know, your wife was a good servant of the Lord. I said, I knew that. She was a nurse in Africa. She did a good job there. She was a nurse in an old people's home for the our senior members, and they loved her, and she did a good job. And then the Lord said to me, I knew that her end would be heavy. Well, I agree with that, and the Lord, I knew that, and the Lord agreed with me on that. And then the Lord said, I brought you along to take care of my servant. Well, that was kind of hard as a male. I was a preacher. I was a teacher. and That, to me, was my primary job. But now the Lord says, no. I set that all aside, and I wanted you just, I brought you along in this marriage just to take care of her in this last month, my servant. That humbled me and, and just touched my heart deeply because the value of a master of a Lord who would, who would so design every part of my life that this was not something I had to do, but it was something that he designed for me to do that was ultimately important for about a couple of years. 
And uh, that just elevated that and just uh, touched my heart deeply. Again, touched to me about my selfishness, but it was a real blessing and a testing, mm-hmm. a, te- a teaching moment for me. Yeah. You know, I think we, especially us as men, we get the idea that our calling and that's our specific thing and everything else is extra. Everything else is just a mundane. It's a, it's materialistic. It doesn't, you don't have to get it done. It's not, not a call. And yet God specifically called, set aside all that now that I take care of his servant for this particular time in her life and I had to elevate that to equal importance to any anything any other job that he gave me to do, and which makes it again the Lord is the master, and we we our thinking has to be adjusted continually to that that he's the boss, and he calls our shots, he directs our path, and he enables us by his grace and by his power. That is a tremendous truth. To me, it was very 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 important how how the Lord continually led me in regard to doing this job. I sometimes was so heavy by morning, I just, I just could hardly, I did the, did the work physically and there's no problem, but emotionally I was really struggling on the inside with it. And many, many times in my past, I've asked the Lord to fill me with His Holy Spirit. I'm born again, I know that the Holy Spirit has lived within me, but I've often felt inadequate as far as my commitment to him and his filling me. And during the heaviest times in this one, caring for Val, I realized in the morning that the Lord would give me a song. I couldn't sing it. I wasn't physically or emotionally capable of singing, but the the words were there. And then God was assuring me that he was filling me with his spirit for that mundane job, if you put it that way. But that was a really comfort, and as I look back at that, it was a really um, uh, a fulfilling sense that that this wasn't an accident, this wasn't just a physical thing, this was a point in my life that God had led, and that he was filling me with his spirit for taking care of his servant, and that is very, very hard to explain, but very precious to me. I, th- I think, again, one of the things that that we find in our in our Christian life, we get used to routine and we get used to doing things, and we don't realize that every step needs the grace of God. To me, I've I've spent quite a bit of time in thinking about grace, and I asked an Ethiopian friend who is learning English. I asked him what he thought about grace. I wanted to upgrade him on vocabulary, and he said to me, "Grace." is God's working in my life to want to do what he wants, what he tells me, and then the power to do it. I couldn't have find a better definition than any, anywhere than that. And I realized that every little task that God wants me to do here, I need to be conscious of drinking of his grace, his power to do that job by his power. And when you put that down to the fine points, uh, even in our in our thinking, in our interviews, in our working of the day, that just makes every part of it a royal task. And that was a blessing to my own heart in that regard. Ted took the time to reflect on what the Lord was teaching him during this difficult period in his life. These lessons included 
the experiencing of God's presence in a closer way when Val could not even express thanks to him verbally, the understanding of our own selfishness and how we often want to do our own thing before we obey God and serve him, learning to depend upon God to provide strength to accomplish tasks that seemed hard or impossible, realizing that God gives us tasks that are indeed beyond our ability, yet he also gives us the grace to get through them. Finally, the truth that every task God gives us, large or small, flashy or mundane, is a royal task when we realize that God is in it. I know you won't want to miss our next podcast as we start a new series and learn more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.